Hi, I'm Giselle, and I work at Chicken City in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I'm today's guest announcer. You can find me on Instagram at Giselle.Chic. Cue the music. In an industry where most of us spend the majority of our time working alone in a room, we wanted to create a podcast where you can learn, be encouraged, and find a connection with other lash and beauty professionals. This is the LashCast Podcast, and here's your host, Paul Lubbers. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, Erica, Tusty, and I are going to sit around the table and talk about a couple controversial topics. I don't know if they're crazy controversial, but yeah, these things you get different opinions on, and that is patch testing and price fixing. Should you patch test, and can we all just finally disagree that there's a certain point that's too low for us to charge, that we should all charge at least a certain minimum. So we're going to share our opinions on these ideas. I don't know. Maybe we'll upset some people. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll all agree. Uh, well, that never happens. But that said, we're going to share those. And then we'd love to hear from you guys on social media. So go ahead, DM us, post us something. Let us know what your thoughts are. And we always are looking to start a do- conversation or a dialogue on all these. But before we get into all that, let's real quickly do a couple announcements. As you might all know, LashCon is just around the corner. It is four weeks away and we are so excited. Right now, we're about 250 people are coming. It's going to be huge. We have like over almost 50 sponsors. We have over $20,000 in prizes and giveaways, like tickets to free trainings, the coaching, all sorts of stuff we're going to be throwing out, giving out to you guys, as well as a swag bag that's going to be well over $500. It's going to be amazing with loaded with all sorts of stuff from many, over 20 sponsors donating stuff on that. Guys, this is going to be amazing. But the most important thing is you're going to get to come and connect and meet some new Lash Besties. Most of us work alone in the room by ourselves, and just don't get to connect with a lot of people. This is going to be three days or let's say two and a half days where you get to hang out with people who are like-minded, who are go-getters, who want more from their business than just doing some lashes, really want to have an impact and want to change the world of lashing for the better. And this is the place where it's going to happen. This is where you're going to find your tribe, your, your, your people. All right, guys, if you're looking to find some people that you can connect with, you want to come to LashCon. Yes, we're going to teach you business and we're going to teach you marketing. And that's like the bonus stuff that you need that's going to help you level up your business. But what we really all need, as I see this more and more, we need connection. We need people that we can call when we have those dark days, when that client complains or has a fit and just wants demands a refund, we don't know what to do, or we have a staff and we have a problem with a team member and we're struggling. This is where you make those connections with like-minded people. So you can call them. You can DM them in those times and find that support. I know when we went to IBS, we met so many neat people that we connected with. And since then, have been DMing, connecting even more. Because, you know, when we closed our salon, it was a big deal. So we find out it's not something that, you know, we're not the only ones. And it's been very special and encouraging to connect with other people. So you don't want to miss LashCon just for that. And then next thing we need to talk about is we need you guys to help us create content for our show. That means the opening, right? We need your you guys to come on, do that opening. The, it's in the notes, the announcements on how to do it, or not the announcement, but the intro. Also, we need questions from you guys, audio questions, not just the written ones. We get tons of DMs and emails say, hey, I wonder about this or about that. But what we want from you guys is calling us in or like a call in like a radio show and give us an audio question and then we'll respond to it now i know a lot of you are like oh i hate my voice it's okay i hate my voice 
and I got over it. Stop letting fear dictate your life, guys. It's just a choice. You can let fear stop you from doing things, or you can just say, yeah, I'm afraid of that, don't like it, and you work through it and you pass by it. Just let it be part of your life. Embrace the fear, right, guys? So please, we love those audio questions. It really will help us, I think, develop this and grow this show even more, where you guys are truly part of the show. We want your voices, your handles, everything about you helping us to grow this podcast. And that wraps up our announcement, so let's move on to some controversial topics like patch testing and price fixing. Hey guys, we are here live in the Lashcast studios in the heart of Pasadena. Excited to be with Erica and Tusney here to do a little roundtable discussion on controversial topics. But before... Four, and I want to say, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. <laughs> You're like chomping at the bit. She's like, ah, what do I go in? We're all looking at each other. Not, no clue Sorry. when I'm going to stop talking. Sorry. So we're really excited to have you guys here and to get to talk about some stuff. But what do we usually do before we get into our discussion? Thankful is time. Yes, yes. So Tuss, why don't you start okay, with us? Okay, all right. I'm gonna, I am thankful for two things. Yeah? And they oh. kind of go together, right? Okay, so I'm super thankful for... For me. Yes, that's right, you, good. but that's not what I'm going to say uh, today. Okay. So I guess that would be three things, but that's like in- you including yourself in my thankfulness. Oh, I'm not thankful for you. I'm just letting you know up front. <laughs> <laughs> okay, doghouse for you tonight. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, so I am super thankful for vegetables and my grandma, and they go together in this way. Okay, so. Because uh, your grandma's in where the vegetables are growing. She's in the ground. That is like. Really sick. Awkward silence. Awkward funny. silence. That's like. I'm sorry. Doghouse. Did I not say it? Yeah. Uh, gosh, sorry. Sometimes, you, sometimes you, you put it out there and, and sometimes it falls flat. And I would say that's a flat time. That was a flat one? <laughs> okay. So I anyway. think it's kind of clever. You know? Anyway, my grandma um, would make this wonderful soup. It was just one of the favorite things. that, And I, and I asked her, Grandma, what, what is your recipe for this soup? And she's like, oh, it's just whatever I have. Whatever, whatever you know, scraps I have in the kitchen. But I always tried to make soup like my grandma's and just using whatever's in the kitchen. It never tastes the same. So I called my mom. I said, what is the deal? Every time I try to make grandma's soup, it doesn't taste right. She's like, oh. you don't have grandma in it. <laughs> <laughs> no. She says, well, there's always two things that always made her soup very particular. Mm. And she says, it's okra and corn. Oh, that's very specific. Very specific. Yeah. Very specific. And I so, agree with one of those. What? The corn? Yes. Okra? No. Okra? I love okra. Have you ever had fried okra? Well, it's a almost anything, thing, right? anything fried usually tastes. Even lard just fried is good. So, no. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, okra uh, was... Anyway, so I made some soup last night. And because, you know, I yeah. had frozen vegetables. And I don't usually like okra by itself. But I always have okra in the freezers in case I want to make grandma's soup. And... Um, I did last night, and I, I just remi- was remembering her and just all the wonderful times I had her special soup. And vegetables are awesome because that's pretty much what I eat all day. And so that's what I'm thankful for today. I like that. Yeah, that's very, very sweet. Oh, crud! Yeah, and grandma and and yes, corn and corn, yeah. which was our favorite <laughs> stuffed animal when our kids were little. Uh, yeah, Cole had a little uh, corn doll. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was a stuffed corn. Yes, and he, was, he carried it <laughs> everywhere, everywhere he went. Everywhere he went. So it was like a, a stuffed animal. It was like a cor- corn it was and a like plush doll. It, it had like a green. Uh, stalks on it that you could take off, like peel off, mm-hmm. and it was all connected. But he would hold on to the 
yarn that came out of oh, it. Yeah. You just carry that around. Literally, corn was his favorite. Yeah, don't forget corn. Oh. I used to say that all the time. Hey, Erica, <laughs> how about you? All right, so I am thankful today, in this moment, for the ability to choose joy in all situations. <laughs> Jazz fingers. Jazz fingers. Um, Yeah, I just am like having an off day. Not not like my mood, but like I just feel so tired. And that can really affect your mood. Yeah. So I think think to like be really specific, I'm thankful for like the ability to have an on button or like an on switch, you know? I learned that when I worked at Mac. Because we, we had to like always be smiling. I, I worked at a Mac counter that was actually that's, welcoming. Yeah, I was gonna say that's I not know. the Mac counter. I'm I like, walk I know what everybody's yeah. thinking. No, my counter was they were like very, it was really important that you were a friendly person. And so, um, I, I don't know. I guess it was the first time in my life I'd heard that if you smile, you'll eventually feel it. Yeah. And that always stuck with me. And so, I've brought that into every work situation or I've always tried to at least have that in the back of my mind that I, it's my choice how I'm going to present myself. Mm -hmm. And then that usually trickles into how you feel. So that is fantastic. That was going to be my follow up question. How did you find out you had that button? Yeah. That was pretty much how I was unbuttoning myself one day and I went, Hey, here's the happiest button. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) It turned out to be my nipple. It's like a no, third nipple, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, I just pushed this. So I'm like, hey. <laughs> like a doll. Like, you know, one of those dolls. Never mind. Oh, wait. Not the doll you're thinking of. Or These are not the dolls you're thinking of. These are not the dolls Rewind, you're thinking of. Rewind, erase. Okay. Wow. Like that went really, really dark really quick. Oh, gosh. I'm talking about grandmas and your, the ground. Your humor lately has gone to the dark side. Really? More often More than often. not. Well, you know, it's just kind of the place I'm in right now, I guess. But anyhow. <laughs> I just, you know, I work in a room with no lights on all day long, so it's but very But you have dark. the ability to choose. That's I do. Right. And just I choose your shirt to have push that nipple. Uh, push that nipple. And, oh, my. Oh, I should have said that. That's <laughs> awful. <laughs> No, I think we're gonna keep this all in here. Oh this is goodness. all. I'm sorry, you guys. This I didn't, is Tuss being totally inappropriate. Okay. Yeah. Anyhow, what I meant was push that button, but mm-hmm. push the button. My finger. My finger's is on, on the, the button. button. Okay. okay. There's a song. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm All right. Lost. So, what am I going to be thankful for? Well, I, this was easy for me today because uh, two friends of ours recently started podcasts, and I'm just really thankful for them and taking that leap of faith, going out there and making their own shows. So, Jamie from Lash Base has his own podcast now. So, ooh, check ooh, it out. Yeah. Today was the day he dropped it. It's Not literally his, dropped it. Uh, came out. Debut. Debut. And then Valerie from Valora. Also, about two, three weeks ago, brought out her first um, podcast, and she has three episodes out now. And so, shout out to her. I think it's Valerie the Artist or Valora the Artist. Oh, gosh. Valora for the Artist? Valora for the Artist. I could be really wrong. Yeah, something like that. But, yeah, I'm really helping you guys find her. It's like a mystery. Go look for someone named Valerie. Actually, her name's Valeria, but anyhow, but she goes by Valerie because that's what everyone calls her. So she's going to be at the pot. Actually, both of them are going to be at LashCon, too. Yeah. I was right. Valora for the artist. Valora for the artist. So yes. check that out, too. They're both doing podcasts, and we're just welcome. I want to welcome into the family. Excited to see more people take this medium and do something with it. As I've said before, there are so many hours for us to sit around and listen to podcasts. I we don't mind. Now, maybe if we get 80 or 100 of us out there, we'll be afraid that maybe there's not enough hours for us to be in that pool. But right now, 
I think there's like 10 podcasts I can think of, maybe eight that do what we do and we can still use more. And I think it's nice to hear other perspectives, other ideas, more people's backgrounds. So I'm excited and thankful for that. If there's more, we can actually have a a fellow podcast handshake, secret handshake. Or a podcast, you know, conference. I was just going to say like a meetup. That'd be so cool. Yeah. So right now in our area, there's only three of us that we can meet locally with. Lorena (laughs) and Casey are nearby Mm -hmm. and Tara is probably about two and a half hours away. So we yeah. can do us three together and then the other people can just digitally, I, I don't know, oddly mm-hmm. come in. Yeah, whatever. So let's get into controversial topics because okay. that's what this is all about today. We basically really like to hit on a few or two things today and see how far we go with these two. And we'll come back to this and do it again soon because I think this is an area that we always started this for that sole purpose was to talk about things that, are kind of questionable that people are maybe thinking or questioning because there's so much misinformation out there and not that we are the final answer on this. And you may listen to what we say today and go, I just wholly disagree. That's great. That's okay. We're okay with disagreement. We just want to share our perspective because we know we're right and that's okay. <laughs> and so you can disagree, but you're wrong. You're so. wrong. And then, you know what? We can, we'll laugh at you. <laughs> When you share your DM with us. No, we don't laugh at people. Can you believe they shared this DM? No, we don't ever do that. Uh, So let's get into the first one. And this is one that we've talked about a little bit before, but we're going to go over it again. And that's patch testing. There's a lot of different perspectives on patch testing. There's people out there that say you have to patch test before every appointment. There's other people that say you got to do it on the eyes, actually put lashes on them. There's other people you say you put on the arm, behind the, you know, under, what, underneath the armpit or whatever. No, no, behind the ear. Or behind the ear. On their third nipple. Yeah, their third okay. nipple that people, yeah. Okay, let's get personal now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's just different things about there. So, and then there's other people say, I never patch test. And so first off, I guess, is it really the way to find out if someone's allergic? And then is it practical? Because we have a salon, and I'll, just give a preview. It's not super practical when you have 13 people doing lashes mm-hmm. and you have every day many new clients coming in and you're supposed to be doing patch testing on mm-hmm. everyone. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, so let's go well, first into does it really work? Well, let me just speak to what you just said. You know, is it really practical? I mean, that's not the, that wasn't the bottom line for us. What well, I'm the numbers bottom... guy, so in some ways I felt like it was. Well, but you're I right. mean, the, <laughs> the question is, is we have to do right for our customers. We have to do right for our clients, and we have yeah. to uphold the, the highest standards. So if something is inconvenient, we're still going to do it, mm-hmm. even yeah. if it um, is in, because it's the right thing. So yep. that's what I'm that's what I'm that's saying. True. I mean, yeah, and that's how we did with our staff mm-hmm. between you know, we did vacation yeah. pay, sick pay. They were W-2s, known we didn't have 1099s. Those were all inconvenient, so to speak, for us as a salon mm-hmm. because we could have paid everyone a lot less and <laughs> got away with it and, and made more money for us, which was never our goal. Our goal was not about getting rich. Our goal was building a company we'd be proud of. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the reason why we didn't do patch testing is it, it, the first reason is it's very, very easy to do a patch test and get a false negative mm-hmm. because the way that you have to do it is extremely specific. Now, if it's just a regular skincare item or a compound like a hair dye, you can put that anywhere on the body that has skin, on the fossa of the arm, the inner arm, behind the ear, that kind of thing. And your body will have the exposure to it. And you will know really quickly if you're allergic to it or not. But it's different with eyelashes and the adhesive because you can put a cyanoacrylate glue on the inside of the inner, on on your wrist or behind the ear, and it will not cause a reaction even if the person 
is allergic. What? Say that again yes. for the people in the back. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> so we had a client contact us and say, I don't have a problem with cyanoacrylate glue because I've had my nails done for years and years. And I've been exposed to that. And I've never had a reaction. And my words to her was that, yes, it's true. You've never had a reaction on your fingers, but your eye is different. There's different tissues there. And while it may not have tripped up your immune system here on your fingers, you still might have one on your eyes. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that it's not going to, we don't know if you're allergic until basically your third exposure. And okay. why is that again? Well, it just takes that much time for your body to recognize that that is a, an invader that it does not like. It's not a matter of you being exposed to it and then over, you know, many exposures is going to therefore give you that allergy. You're either determined that from your genes mm -hmm. at birth if, if your body does not like this concoction. And across the board, it's between 3 and 5%. It's rare to get that hit on it the first time. So if you do do, let's say you put the adhesive on the eyelashes and you don't get a response and you say, oh, Susie, it looks like you're, you're fine and you're not going to have a reaction. Mm -hmm. She might think, oh, I'm fine to get this. And then after two more exposures or even after one more exposure, um, have a reaction. And, and then you're going to say, but we did the test. It must be you being dirty or something else like that. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose a lot of credibility and it really might be just the allergy. Yeah. I, I would love to talk to somebody who has done a patch test. Obviously no reaction happens. And then they take that person as a client and then that person ends up becoming allergic yeah. or the allergy presents itself. And then what was that conversation? What did you do after that? I would love to hear from somebody who's actually experienced that because it's got to happen three to 5% mm -hmm. of the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, before I knew, before I consulted with um, uh, doctors about this, I, what the conversation looked like was the client would call back and say, did you change anything? Did you use a different glue? And I'd say, no, I didn't. But you know, I used a different air freshener in the room. Maybe that's it. Or, or she'd say, you know what? I, I used, didn't shower. I didn't, I, you know, I, that's uh, my excuse usually for things. <laughs> you know, she tried to figure out what it was. My kid had a new lollipop and maybe <laughs> that was the fumes from the lollipop or something. You, you, we're just trying to figure out what on earth is it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and they'll say, okay, well, let's just wash it tonight. Let's see if it goes away. Let's do this, do that. And over time, it starts to, to dissipate. And then the next time they come in, they get the, the reaction again. What you're doing is you're, you're trying to figure out what it is, and it's, that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, you know, it's about trust here, and you're just going to break trust, and people are going to leave you. And the, I've heard this, like, well, I've never had a reaction. And I believe what they're really saying is they didn't prep someone, they had a reaction, and that person left. And never contacted and never them. Contacted or told them. them. Told yeah. them. I mean, people don't set up a lot of follow-up. You know, there's just not something they do because they're so busy or they're just not told it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. And so to do that extra work to find out why something doesn't return, or they're scared, by the way. I don't want to find out why they didn't come back. So I think just saying, well, I never had someone that had a reaction or I don't know anything about it. It's, it's not that a good you excuse. know of. The best thing to do, just simply, the best thing to do is just tell the client, advise them of the risk. Yes. This is what it looks like in the consultation. Like, okay, now we've talked about what you want. The only thing we have left to talk about is the possibility of developing an allergy. 5% mm -hmm. of the population is allergic. 
we won't know if you are allergic until your third exposure, okay? And so even then, it's, it can be later. We've yeah, had people a year later. And yeah. you tell them what it looks like. If this is you, this is what you're going to have. 24 hours later, you're going to have redness in both eyes and swelling. And if that's the case, you're going to need to see a doctor. can be any doctor. And you tell the doctor two things. I may have contact dermatitis, and I need a prescription for dexamethasone. And then you tell them, you know, if you do have the allergy, you can keep the lashes. That's all you have to do. So then it's up to them. It's The onus is on them. You've advised them of the possibilities of what they can expect if they are allergic, okay? Yep. Then they can take the risk if they want it or not. Which is why, just as a side note where I've heard this too, this is why we didn't offer refunds on this. When someone had an allergy, we didn't have to because we already told them the risk up front and we told them you can keep your lashes. Right. So yeah. many people, they get an allergy and they remove their lashes right away. And, which makes it worse. Which can make it worse if you use the, the remover because it has the same same stuff mm-hmm. that they're allergic to. That's a, yeah, a second reaction. Or why don't you smell that money? Just keep them. Now, once a blue moon, we'd refund some if they had a fit, total hissy fit. But by far, most people, we had so prepped them that by the time they had the reaction, they weren't, they weren't freaking shocked. out. They were freaking out. Do, I mean, just have this conversation. The first couple times you do it, you're going to feel a little weird, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's just going to save you. It, and that is what's doing best for the client. You're advising them of the risk, what it looks like, what they can do about it if they have the situation. Yeah. So patch testing basically gives you a false um, pot or false yes. negative. If you're mm-hmm. going to do it right, you're going to have to do it like three times, three, three times, times on their the, lashes, on the, on the eye. On the eye. Yeah. So you're going to have okay. to put small amount of lashes on over a period of a month or so. Just do a little bit at a time and then you'll find out. And even then you can say that you're most likely not allergic, but you still might a year from now still yeah. develop yeah. the allergy. As a salon, once you have more than one person, what are you going to do? Have people come in, do the allergy test, go home, come back the next day and do a full set. It's really that's a scheduling nightmare. That's a nightmare mm-hmm. for scheduling purposes. It's better just to take two minutes, three minutes, explain this for them, and then you're good. And the risk is on them at that point, and you're free and clear, and you shouldn't have to deal with refunds. You shouldn't have to deal with any of that. And so, anyhow, you should go back to our episode where we talk about the glue and the allergy. Episode five. Five, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're really talking about a lot of depth. Yeah. And I also think on our, our episode where we talk about lash myths, I think we go into yeah. stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. And we have on our Facebook group, don't we have like the handout about mm-hmm. what to do? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I think like it's it's easy to say just patch test because nobody, like widespread across industry, people don't know yet, still don't know yet that there is a solution if mm-hmm. you are allergic. Mm-hmm. That's yep. right. Yeah, so in a nutshell, the reason why we don't do it uh, patch testing is because it can give you a false negative. It's very hard to come back from mm-hmm. from that. In the co- in the consumer's mind, they're going to be like, but I'm not allergic. We established I'm not allergic. Right. Now you're going to tell me I'm allergic. Well, why didn't you tell me I had to have three exposures? Well, why did you do it that way then? Right. You know, what? it must not be the adhesive. It must be something else. Also, like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, why don't yeah. you know what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, totally. Now, okay, let's go into the next one. Mm-hmm. And this one is, I don't think it's so much controversial, but I've just seen people talk about it and I just kind of get crazy about it. Maybe it's controversial for me. Okay, pushes <laughs> so, your buttons. Yeah, it pushes <laughs> my button. Um, and that's what we call price fixing. There right. are a lot of people. Now, yeah, actually, I think it's quite a bit. I see every once in a while, though, someone will post online like, guys, let's rally the troops. We need to stop charging less. We need to agree to charge higher prices. There should be a minimum 
that we should all agree to, almost like we're going to sign in blood somewhere, like, hey, you know, take this petition, and you're going to sign it, and you're never going to charge more than $100 less for a full set. This is controversial because it actually is a direct threat to everybody's business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so guess you're right. So here's my question to you. Is and it- I'm threatening you. <laughs> all right, with that menacing stare. Yeah, stare. <laughs> what do I'm you? I'm a pirate all of a sudden. <laughs> okay, so why do you think that people uh, are pushing this? Why are people pushing? We all have to agree I, to have the same price. I well, I'll tell you the one I see it often. Mm-hmm. Everyone's afraid we're going the way of the nail industry. That mm-hmm. that seems to be a big. You mean like the forty dollar chop shop special? Yes. What could go wrong? Crystal nail. As they or the crystal gel, crystal gel, yeah, that were that skit. Yeah, I was afraid of becoming a nail salon because back in the eighties, nails right, all things exploded because of the the Dremel or Dremel, whatever that yeah, thing is. Yeah, yeah. And every corner there's a nail salon, and the only way they could differentiate themselves was by price. Mm-hmm. So everyone just became the cheapest place in the in the world, mm-hmm. which is a terrible way to compete with each other is by price. Don't price should never be your distinguishing factor if you're building any business. It doesn't matter. It's like oh, we're the cheapest. I yeah. call that a race to the bottom. It is and a- it's a race you do not want to win. Exactly. And so we really want to encourage you guys to think differently about your business. Do you, first off, we shouldn't be afraid of the lowest price. In fact, whoever's the lowest price is good news for you because then you can price higher and go for a higher-end clientele. You don't want the, the cheapest clients either. No offense to those. I mean, unless that's your market. Maybe someone's like, I just feel bad for homeless people, and I want to give out lashes to homeless people and not make any money. That's fine. That can be your target market. And God bless you, by the way, if that's your heart for you. But for people who want to build a really like high-end, I mean, I think almost everyone I hear, oh, I want to be a high-end salon. No mm-hmm. one is like, I want to be the cheap-ass salon. And that's like, I want to be the Kmart Lash Salons. That sounds like an awesome place to be. Not usually. So you got to stop thinking about price. But the whole idea of having one low price, it doesn't take into many different factors. One, it's all different. What, depending on where you live. L.A., a low price is not the same as a low price in Kansas City mm-hmm. or in some, you know, the Appalachian Mountains somewhere, you know, where mm-hmm. they have a much different price point, much different expectation, much different different kind of type of client. Cost of living, cost of way living. Different. You go to Hawaii, gonna cost a lot more, right? Because it's Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It costs a lot to get any anything to Hawaii, so any consumer goods gonna cost a lot more. Yeah, everything's more expensive there. Or what country you're in? It all depends on what country. I mean, we, you know, we've been to Cambodia years past, where you know people make three hundred dollars a year. So mm-hmm. I don't think charging that low price of $50 a full set is even going to work in Cambodia. You're going to have to find a whole different metric to measure your, your, your budget and your expenses and so forth. So coming up with some flat fee that we all sign to and agree to, it's just practicality-wise, just really impossible. But also I think people who are thinking this way aren't realizing that there is a price point for everyone, and you don't have to – it doesn't have to be the lowest – like I, I wrote a little post online to, uh, in response to some people talking about this. I said, Porsche does not worry about Toyota's pricing. They just don't. And Toyota doesn't worry, worry about Porsche pricing. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. vice versa, right? They both just do their pricing that fits their brand and the target market they're going after. So really the better questions for you out there should be thinking about who is my ideal customer? Mm-hmm. And then start building your brand around that. Mm-hmm. Or as we talked to Cheryl the other day, when you're doing, you're building your business from your why. You yeah. know, why are you doing what you're doing? And once you, you know, Cheryl from Untamed Artistry, in case with these two podcasts don't tie, uh, tie up together. But she was like, you start with your why, yeah. figure out why you do what you do, and then you build a brand off of that. 
And that will determine what your pricing should be, what your customer service experience will be like, what your name will be, what your colors, what your whole salon look and feel will be like, what your website, all those things come from your why. So you really need to understand that before you get anything done. And some of these people are just, I mean, it's, it's out of fear. I think yeah. there's a lot of it's just, oh, I just, I just don't want to have to lower my prices again. It's like, no. Don't. So, we, so the encouragement for our listeners is that when you see somebody else and, and it's a $60 full set special, the gal down the street, I don't want you to despair in your heart. Uh, mm-hmm. It's almost like a button that you're going to create to ch- push yourself and say, you know what, that may work for her, but that is not that those clients are not my clients, mm-hmm. and I don't have to do the same thing in order to make a good living here. Yeah. And if you're slow right now, you're not slow because you're pricing. I can assure you that you're slow because either one, you're not a good marketer, you don't know how to get people's attention yet. You haven't spoken to their pain points or pleasure points. When you're marketing, you really want to hit one of two things, pain and pleasure. Those are why people you know, go, oh, that will make my life better. I'll, I'll buy that. Or that sounds really intoxicating. You know, I, I will buy that. You know, It's like there's something really that drives them to it. So you're not speaking the language yet. Mm-hmm. Or you're basically you're not good at what you do. Could so when people skills. come in, that like you come in yeah. and they have an experience and they don't tell any of their friends about it because it was not a good experience. The lashes either didn't last, they were badly designed, or maybe your customer service skills aren't really that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen this just dealing with people um, trying to work with lash professionals. Man, people don't respond to texts. They don't respond to DMs. Yeah. They don't respond to phone calls. It's amazing to me how people, I mean, like sometimes I'm like, thinking the reason why you guys aren't busy is because people DM, email you or call you or whatever. And you take two days to respond. Mm-hmm. That's way too long, man. If someone DMs you, emails you once appointment, man, you should be responding within an hour or two. Mm-hmm. The not other, days. Another telltale sign. If you're, you're going to test yourself to see, you know, why aren't people, you know, what's the problem here? If you have finished the service and you are checking the client out and you say, would you like to book again? Yeah. And the client says, no, Actually, let me just say, you don't ask. Let's book you again. Let's book your next appointment. I'm going to book your next appointment. Now, if she says no, it could be two things. One, that she doesn't know her schedule and she legitimately has to check and get back. But if you follow up with her and she does not book with you, it is not because of her schedule. It is because you did not blow her away. Yeah, Mm -hmm. You didn't give her value. And that's why people make choices. I mean, for us, we... We've flown once we flew first class, and I realized while it cost, we got a really good deal for it. I mean, the plane ticket would have cost us, I think, 400 normally, and I think we only paid two or three hundred dollars more when we got first class. So I said, We'll try this one time. And once we tried, like, oh, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) The value was so special, it was so neat to be able to drink as much alcohol as I want for free. No, it wasn't that, it was just that. It was special, and they know your name. They come up and greet you. They give you a tablecloth. It was just the whole special thing. This was domestic. Now, we've never flown overseas. Yeah, first class overseas is not a couple hundred dollars more. It's like $4,000 more, but it was so neat. It was so, and I was like, you know what? I could do this again. And it was, my mind had changed. Like, I see why this is worth spending the extra money, where normally in the past, I'd be like, Heck no, I'll never spend more than I need to on a plane ticket. It's just a few hours. It's not worth it. But when we had that experience, uh, this was a few years ago, we were like, okay, this is really cool. And I would love to do this again. Mm -hmm. So the the key is getting a first class clientele. Yes, there you go. There's That's so catchy. I just trademarked Mm -hmm. that. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) First class clientele. Mm -hmm. Because they will pay whatever it takes to Mm -hmm. have the best experience. 
we're worried about price and you should be worried about value. Yeah. That's what you need to be worried about. What's your value? If you're not, if people are leaving and not returning, you're not giving them enough value. Your technique, the styling, the experience, the environment, the whole the environment. thing from A to Z. Yeah, it just wasn't wowing them, and so they didn't come back. Then, yeah, you do have to compete on price because you're the Kmart, and mm-hmm. Kmart doesn't try to deck out their place all or nice. Or Walmart. Or Walmart. They're not trying to be all nice and beautiful there. It's pretty, pretty just bare bones, and that's the type of place you want to be. And if that's what you want to be, because I'm sure there's some people out there going. No, I actually feel called. I want the average day mom to be able to have lashes. And God bless you. That's awesome. Then go for that. Cut your costs. Keep it simple. Keep it raw. Keep them like one-hour appointments in and out. And don't spend a lot of money. But for those of you out there who want to get the higher-end client, which is probably, I bet you, almost everyone, then you're going to have to do a little bit of extra work. You're going to have to go a little extra you know, customer service styling or not whatever the words I'm trying to use there, just a better experience. And it's going to take a little bit more effort, but you're going to, it's going to pay off. And then you won't worry about this price fixing, which by the way, guys, price fixing is illegal. You can't get everyone all together. In fact, good luck trying to get 100,000 people together, mostly women, all saying, let's all agree on one price. I mean, I just that'd be crazy. Everyone's going to look like you're, like, yeah, you're it's, nuts. It's illegal, like with commodities. We can't say, oh, we're only going to sell pork bellies for this amount. And, yeah, or, you know, all, the or car- all hotels. Yeah. All hotel rooms are going to be like $60. I mean, how do you differentiate something from the Biltmore from um, Motel 6? You yeah. Know? Can't do that. Not allowed to do it. So why not? Why stop? Let's just stop entertaining that concept because it's not going to happen. It's a practically impossible and plus, what's going to happen, let's just say we did, like everyone's like, yeah, let's all agree. Then one person's going to go, I know, I'm going to charge a little less and I'm going to have the advantage. You know, it's like, right. <laughs> so. Right. Because who's holding you accountable at the yeah. end of the day, you yeah. know? Yeah, there's some last police. such a silly concept. Send John Wick after her. Yes, John Wick's going <laughs> to come and, you know, just make sure you don't kill his dog and he's going to straighten you out. So I think this whole idea of price fixing, well, it would be easy to say, look, we all sign an agreement. We all join some organization that we agree to these prices and so forth and we're good. So. So price fixing, we can just put that aside. Don't worry about it. Not something that you should entertain. Stop thinking about those ideas. Stop worrying about other people's prices and start worrying about your value. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's good. All right. Well, I think those are two big things. We nailed those. We're done with those two controversial topics. And we'll do this again. We'll get us together and talk about some other things. And by the way, if you're one of our listeners and you have a controversial topic you want us to cover... Just email me, Paul, at Lashcast Podcast, and let me know. Or DM us on our, on our Instagram at Lashcast Podcast. Just let us know. Say, hey, guys, this is one thing I think it's really kind of uh, I, it bugs me or I see a lot of people talking about it, and I think it's totally off, and you want to get our input on it, and we'll, we'll set the record straight. In fact, maybe that's what we'll call this segment, setting the record straight. Yeah, like, I like it. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, setting the record straight. Oh, that's <laughs> we NBC. all have to say it at the same time. Ready? Yeah. One, One, two, three. Setting, setting the, the record, record straight. straight. Okay, so that's good. We're all good with this episode. Thank you guys for your input on that. Appreciate it. So for that section, we actually had four controversial topics, but we got through two. So we got halfway there. So we will save those for another episode. But now let's move into our next segment where we answer your questions. 
now for our segment where we get the question from you guys. We're still looking for audio questions, by the way, guys. So if you have a chance, please send your questions via audio. We get tons of questions like DMs and emails, but we want to get your voice. We want you on the show. I know a lot of people are scared of that. Put that aside. We'll make you sound amazing. Or if you want, I'll disguise your voice. I'll put you, make it sound like some evil overlord, and that would be cool, too. So, all right. The question this time comes from Sugar Lashes, Kauai, and she had three, but we're just going to hit two because the other one's the other one's like a huge question. First, she asked, what are the ethics of doing lashes on girls under 18? And then secondly, how do you deal with discounts for hairstylists who work in a suite with you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about, first of all, doing lashes on girls under 18. Uh, I, I'm big on that. Well, okay, so if you want to get your ears pierced, um, they won't do it unless you have a parent with you. They yeah. won't even do it with a note, right? Or a tattoo. It's the same thing. They're not going to do it on a, a, anyone under 18. Why? Because it's permanently altering the body, you know? Yeah. So the thing is, is that lashes don't permanently alter anything, but technically they, they're not legal. I mean, they're not, um, they, they can't choose for themselves, okay? But the thing is about lashes, if the parent didn't like it, she could just take them off. It's not, it's different than saying unpierce those ears because right. it's already been pierced or there's ink in the, in the body, even a haircut, you know, you've, you've cut the hair, but it's, it's not, you know, damaging to her. So I would say it's a personal thing. If you want, you could just say, I need, I just need a note from your parent. Or if you want to get the parent on the phone, that that's fine. But with lashes, you're not doing anything that's permanently changing. You're not cutting in it. If the, if the parent was super upset, you could just remove the lashes and she would be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess the other question would no, be, let's first have, get Erica, what's your take on that? I mean, I think I'm right on the same mm-hmm. page because it isn't a permanent alteration. Because you are your own business owner now, so would you? Yeah, I like would a fifteen year old calls you and says, "Hey, I won't get lashes." Are you going to be like, "Yeah, like if, you know, they have like a formal, or maybe they're in yeah. dance competitions, or yeah. cheerleader, or whatever it is, or in drama club, and they want to enhance that?" Like, yeah. I think that's so cool. Like, yeah, and then maybe um, refer your mom to me too, so I can do her there lashes. You there you go, <laughs> once hey. a month. <laughs> and if she can, if she can afford it, her mom certainly can afford yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. Mom's right. probably paying for it, or dad, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I think just to cover your butt, you're gonna want to just have a release, so just say yeah. a, a permit, a permission note. Because let's, God forbid, anything would happen, and something did happen where she got poked or something like that. You don't want, you know, somebody coming after you and saying. I didn't, not only did you not have permission to do mm. this, but you damaged my child. Right. If you have a, of a release or but just a note. It'd have um, to be a parental release form. Yeah. That's probably what permission I would do. Slip yeah. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think is that we don't really get a lot of kids in our salon because we're kind of expensive. And yeah, so yeah. They, generally the moms are like, no, we'll find the cheap last girl to do your lashes for your prom. That was like 14 once, but her mother came to every appointment. Yeah. Yeah. And on the release, you're just going to say, this is what the procedure is. This is, these are the risks. And, yeah. and I give my, uh, this is my uh, ward or my child and I give my permission to yeah. have it done. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can go on to Rocket Lawyer or on to, what's the other one? There's a couple of places where you can get generic forms and use that as a beginning point. And what's nice about, I just found out like Rocket Lawyer, they give you all these forms, release forms and stuff, and you can rewrite it for your needs and then you submit to a lawyer who will read it and approve it saying, yeah, your, your form is, is solid. And it only costs like 30 or 40 bucks. Um, you do that, you go back on Rocket Lawyer yeah, and do Yeah, that? you pay for the membership, like just 30, 40 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And then you can use any of their forms. They have hundreds of forms already. You can take that and you can basically just 
rewrite it a little bit and then resubmit it to make sure that you're still legal, that you're right. not doing something that you changed the wording where it's like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and That's then cool. something that was very cool, something that I'm looking at using for us mm-hmm. as I'm now paranoid about lawsuits. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like, I'm going to make sure we always have contracts as much as I can. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, you don't see there's any ethical mm-hmm. thing. No. I'm going to say there is just because I'll take the counterpoint. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you a reason why. <laughs> okay. I just... It's it's immoral. Okay, let's go on. Okay, second one, one, which was what was the second question about friends? Friends, discounts, discounts to hairstylists who work in a suite with you. Yeah. Uh, What I what I would do was I would give them um, a discount or an incentive for them to try you because you want them to be sold on what you can do for them, and then I would say, listen, I'm going to give you a discount. I'm going to give you twenty dollars off or fifty dollars off for every person that you send because they have access to your clientele. Right. Mm -hmm. So if um, they're and they really like what they have on their lashes, they're going to be um, referring people. So that's what I would do. I would give them I will give you a discount for every person that you send in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's a smart way to go. And I think they they have to earn it. Like the first time they can come and try you. Hey, I'd give away your lashes, especially if you're new and you're not busy. It's better to be lashing and mm-hmm. just building up experience and getting people talking about yeah, you just than just sitting in your room. Twenty dollars service fee or yeah, whatever it is. Just give them know. the lashes so that they love you, and then you give them a reason to come back. If you want to continue, I'll give you twenty dollars off for every client you refer to me, yeah. and then you give them your business card. Yeah, and then they say, but make sure you write your business card on your name on this business card. So when the client comes in, I'll I'll be able to see real yes. easily to refer you because yes. you have to track it. You don't want to just trust that it happens. And so they give them all the cards. They hand those out to people. They write their names on those cards. And those people, either you always ask when someone books, like we did, say, did you were you referred or all that, or on the form when they come in, it says who referred you, and they'll write the name. Oh, I was referred by Jennifer, and so forth. Target, target the people that work with you. Just go crazy with giving them the discount. Remember, you're it's an investment. That's you know, don't worry about not making money on that full set that you're doing. You are getting your work in front of your potential clients. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of hairstylists refer to us. Mm-hmm. People that we never gave them anything for either. I yeah. would have all the time like, oh, there's this hairstylist of one salon that refers people to us all the time. And she actually, I don't think she ever came in, but she saw, she would see work from clients and she'd always ask like, who does your lashes? Oh, over Integrity Lash did. She'd be like, okay, this is not the same kind of work I see from all the other people. And so yeah. we've had mm-hmm. plenty of people start yeah. referring regularly to us just from that. And that was us, us even trying. So imagine you get some people in, they like your work and you give them incentives. They can be a wonderful resource, especially if you're in the same, like if you're in a sol- Sola salons or Salon Republic and you're sharing rooms and you're just down the hall, they're like, oh, my girl, she's just two doors down. Yeah. You should go there. It'll yeah. make it really easy for them. It's in an, not just um, hairstylists. Target other people that have access to your clients. Car mechanics. I was going to say, no? not car okay. mechanics, but All I was right, going to say trying. the optometrist that you partner uh, with. Yes. You talk to the front desk girls there. You get everybody who's trying on glasses. You, you want the people who are trying on the glasses to look at the person that's helping them and go, oh my gosh, look at your eyelashes. So yeah. you you outfit those gals, mm-hmm. you know, and anybody else in the building. It, even if it's like uh, we have a, a an exchange person, money exchange person, anybody who, you know, you, you get your product on them because they're in front of your clients. I was thinking hot dog on a stick. Okay, that would be your clients. That would be my clients. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think those people, man, you get lashes on those girls while they're making the lemonade. That's magic. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. All right. So, all right. Those are two. Um, well, we dealt with two questions this time. That was kind of a bonus round for us. So hopefully you guys got something from it. And uh, we will do this again very soon. And guys, send us your audio questions. We want to hear your beautiful voice. We now have another segment that we're going to start today, and that is where we read your reviews. We're going to really have to come up with some names for these things, but for now, it's Erica reading your reviews. I mean, we're just adding segments. It's going to become like a 10-hour show with all sorts of it's like an cool orange. stuff. Like an orange. Segments of an orange. Oh, okay. Right? I, there's a peel and there's an orange. I don't understand. Segments. Oh, like the orange slices. They're segments. Yeah, I don't call them segments, but okay. Anyway, so we are going to get into reading your reviews. We are so excited that you guys write reviews. Be honest, as a podcaster, I think everyone I've talked to in this industry, they all say that the most exciting thing for them to do is wake up in the morning, go online, and go, oh my gosh, I got a review. <laughs> it's like Christmas. It is. It's super special. So mm-hmm. Erica has a review, and go for it. Erica, who are we uh, getting the review from today? All right, so this review is from PK Love MUA. So thank you, first of all, for your review. And she says, I started listening when they first started. Oh, my gosh. Oh. We got an original. OG. <laughs> yeah. oh, OG listener. And she goes, and was so sad to be caught up and would have to wait for their next episode. While listening to them as a first-time lash artist, I was working in a lash salon as an independent contractor, and they have helped me solve so many issues with clients on my own. I have felt so much more confident in my work, and they continue to help me believe in myself and how far I can take this career. I love how serious and real they are about their business and at the same time find humor in it all. Thank you, thank you. Aww. That was so sweet. That's my Aww. favorite review ever. Love you. <laughs> Actually, thank I, you. It's, I'm really appreciative. That's really, really cool. And with this, guys, this is the lifeblood for us. It's like the mm-hmm. affirmation that every that I never got as a child. Yes. So <laughs> I just really, no, I, I got affirmed at least a couple of times. But no, I think that's really cool. And thank you for taking the time to read that review. And, and there's a lot more. And we'll go through some of these more reviews in the future but we really guys you there's another way for you to get featured on our podcast write a review we'll read it and should we do prizes or something like that yeah we should do like a raffle put your ig handle in the review yeah because then we can go in and follow you and and then we'll shout out your handle when yeah. we read it. And people will hopefully, yeah, go follow you. And mm-hmm. maybe we can give away stuff yeah that'd be really cool yeah, yeah. i mean i got some stuff, stuff i gotta throw away stuff. Would you stop it? What? I do. I got lots of yeah, junk. Nobody wants stuff that you're going to throw away. Some old underwear. One person's <laughs> trash is another person's trash. Yeah. I mean, Tuss, you should I know. know of all people. You love trash. I'm like a recovering It's harder. like that character. <laughs> I thought of that character in the Toy Story. He's trash? Like, trash? Trash? That's Tuss. That's me. That's Tuss with the fork. The spork. Sporky. Sporky. Sporky? Sporky. Sporky. I don't know. All right. Cool. Well, thank you guys. Please go online. Write those reviews. We love them. It gives us hope and purpose in life. And, and it also helps us get more people in right. our tribe. That's right. We're building a tribe. So thanks, guys. wraps up this show i want to ask you to please follow us on instagram at lashcast podcast remember to subscribe share and review and we now read those reviews and also remember lashcon one month from now sign up today one more week at the low price of 849 before it goes up to over a thousand so this is your last chance to buy those tickets so get on and do it 
On behalf of our lash experts of Tusney and Erica, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. Lash Industry.